So how was your day? <laughs> it was all right. Yeah? Yeah. Good. It was good. How is the world of the gainfully employed? Uh, it's, hey, you know, TGIF, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody going to come out after after work for some margs? Oh, We're going to go, go get some margs, get crazy. So I, I pretended to work and made other people do work for me because I was I was very busy uh, writing Oh, for nice. this, um, but it sure looked like I was I was doing actual work. That's the beauty of this. Uh, yeah. When you when you write this at an actual job, mm-hmm. it does look like you're working because you got reference tabs open and you're switching between stuff yeah. and you're typing furiously. Wikipedia. I've got some sort of list from BuzzFeed, <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> madly copying from. It's it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a classroom today, scribbling notes. And the kids thought I was really concentrating on what they were doing. Um, Suckers. So, yeah. Doesn't have to be an office job. <laughs> Works for all kinds of people. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned three specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, two. which they will now perform for the first <laughs> and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called Stab. Hey, it's Stab. Hey! Don't wake up the rest of the audience, Bob. Hey, everybody, it's Stab. Uh, It's Jesse. It's not John. We'll get into that later. Uh, We've got David Coleman. Hey. David Coleman. Next to him, Josh Kincaid. And next to him, nobody. But on the other side of David, it's me. It's Jesse Jones. Hey, I'm. Uh, I'm. Ho- I'm. I don't know when I'm going to take the guests out of the, the hosting. <laughs> but I'm here again for John, who is just. He is surfing a a wave of contentment and joy that is his life constantly. Hey, everybody! <laughs> Welcome to the show, uh, uh, such as it is. Um. David, how's things? Doing, doing well. Yeah. Living that life. Are they well enough to speak into a microphone? Am I failing <laughs> that? You know, that's one of those skills they were supposed to teach. That's me. all right. I'm I'm very yeah persnickety. Uh, what have I I sort of overheard? What have you been doing? Um, in between stabs. You know, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm working part time at a school, and I'm also job hunting because working part time at a school sucks. Uh, all right. So you're trying to be like a regular, like I, I, I just belittled your current profession. You're trying to be a full-time teacher. <laughs> no, I do not want. I'm oh, married okay. to a full-time teacher. I don't want any of that bullshit. Okay. Um, I am trying to get out of a classroom and into nature. I'm applying to nature guide and conservation corps and just tell people what animals are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Jobs literally called nature interpreter. Oh. I just interpret what the fuck they're doing. Okay, that's, that's what I'd like to do. I thought you were thought you were making up, but it's literally saying what animals are thinking. Yep, uh, Joshua. Yeah, how are you, sir? It's been a while. It it has. That's true. Yeah, I've, I've you know I've I've been I've been I've been well. I'm I'm talking directly into the microphone. You know what? <laughs> you know what? However, you guys want to attack these mics, it's it's fine. I'm living a whole new laid back sort of lifestyle right now nothing could, bothers me i could tell it's uh nothing bothers me at a, all a shirt would have been nice but you know <laughs> you be you jesse 
Oh no, I would just just sandals and a but like one of those uh, one of those Borat uh, over the shoulder boulder sure, holders. Sure, sure. Yeah. If you, if it makes you comfy, then it I does. Go for it. I feel more like me than I've ever felt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. Right there is where the sound effect goes. <laughs> wow, what a sound effect. I know, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, man. So much All production. Right. So much production we're doing in post. Uh, first segment. Hey, guys. We're going to plow through the show because it's only two of us. Did I mention it's only two of us? There's no reason that is. But it's just two of us. So it's going to be a quick show as long as I get the fuck out of our way. Uh, <laughs> first segment, reorganization. Please take the following acronym, reimagine it. Uh, if you're anything like someone who is absolutely nothing like me, then you already know that ASLA is the abbreviation for the Australian School Library Association. That's an existing acronym. Um, but why not give us what else you think it could stand for or who or what it now represents? But why not, though? David, this is a surprise me with how many of the letters you incorporated <laughs> into your... Acronym. Yeah, so I got all mixed up. I got <laughs> A-T-L-A instead of A-S-L-A. It's, they're close. They're yep. neighbors. Somewhere along the way, they're alphabetic that, uh, neighbors. S moved one letter to the <laughs> left. All right. So, A-T-L-A. We all sometimes laugh at things we aren't supposed to. We've all been at a funeral when someone says, he was a great father and immediately remembered the deceased faking a sick note for their child because they got drunk and thought a Tuesday was a Sunday. <laughs> As the first internet generation grew old enough to be painfully aware of the deep ironies in life, they too found themselves unable to avoid chuckling at the world's cruelty. IMing and texting each other, they needed to quickly and covertly communicate stifled laughter. ATLA is LOL's morbid cousin. <laughs> Awfully tragic, laughing anyway. <laughs> the electric fence on Nancy Street keeps giving birds brain damage, and they keep <laughs> flying into stuff. ATLA. The anti-vax family across the way lost their kid. ATLA. They found all his victims' Achilles tendons. ATLA. He used them as bass guitar strings. <laughs> As teens everywhere began using ATLA, older people found themselves confused by its meaning. Just like everyone's mom briefly thought LOL meant lots of love, ATLA was misinterpreted by parents and grandparents as, always thank the Lord, amen. <laughs> For example, ATLA, Uncle Ed's testicle removal stopped the cancer. <laughs> David Coleman's Pretty close to what we asked for, A-T-L-A. Uh, Josh. That's me. Uh, A-S-L-A. What does that mean to you now? A-S-L-A. Uh, okay, here we go. Dear sir or madam, you are receiving this letter because we are asking you to stop. Enough is enough already. For the last time, we are not the conglomerate known as the Australian School <laughs> Library Association. We cannot fulfill your request for literature regarding guides for teacher librarians, nor can we process your ticket requests for the International Literacy Day event at the Brisbane Boys Grammar School on October 12th. <laughs> because we do not have the capabilities to cancel checks, we have instead donated your entry fee 
for literacy to our program on your behalf. Thank you for your donation. We understand that we use the same acronym as the Australian School Library Association, but that consortium is located at 117 Victoria Street, Suite 121, and we are located at 117 Victoria Street, Suite 131. <laughs> These are very different numbers, and if you find this confusing, you are clearly a product of our piss-poor Australian education system. <laughs> a system kept in power by the likes of the Australian School Library Association. <laughs> we, on the other hand, are a simple organization with a simple purpose, to release the stranglehold that Australian schools have on, the, on our young ones. We believe that children should be free to learn or not learn as they choose. Our statistics show that mandatory learning leads to juvenile delinquency, as described in the literature we have attached to this letter. As such, we find your requests to enrich the childhood school library experience not just annoying, but downright offensive, given the mission of our organization. Furthermore, the Australian School Library Association has also been spreading vicious lies about us. They say we have stolen their acronym and moved into a suite suspiciously close to them, only to harass them and confuse those who are attempting to support their cause. This could not be further from the truth. We assure you, we have never even heard of the Australian School Library Association when we came up with our name, and we're totally unaware that they had been located in that suite for over 20 years. The Australian School Library Association will also tell you that the true intent of our organization is to increase school dropout rates so that we can ship children off to Chinese sweatshops. <laughs> They will say that by simply Googling our name, you can easily see that we're simply a front for the Ningbo Lucky Toy and Craft Cope. <laughs> to that, we ask, how hard do you think it might be for a massive school library association to create fa a fake website and <laughs> buy search results to slander and silence their arch rivals? <laughs> Not very hard, we think. In conclusion, if you keep sending us mail, for our neighbors, we will be forced to sue you, just as we are suing the Australian School Library Association. We hope you make the right decision. Bao Zhang, <laughs> <laughs> the Anti-Student Learning Alliance. Hey, I found it. Josh Kincaid, hey, ASLA. There it is. All right, barreling forward. Into segment two, Topical Haiku Challenge. All right. I, I, and by the way, I f almost forgot to mention fantastic Australian accent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I practiced it once with an Australian accent, and it was exhausting. Yeah. No, I imagine doing like three minutes of Australian yeah. would have no. been, no. been tough. Yeah. So fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe next time I do that bit, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try harder. <laughs> well, now I've made it weird. Topical haiku challenge. Um, please compose three haiku in regard to the following topic. In Japan. Hey, it's a topical haiku challenge involving a story in Japan. Hey. So it makes the music less racist. <laughs> in Japan, a tailgater in a van airdropped a message to the driver of the car in front of him with a simple note explaining his aggressive driving. The message read, Unchi ikatsete kure or poop let me pass the driver received the message said in a tweet sharing this experience it seemed he was on a crusade against pooping his pants so i let him pass straight away haiku immediately david what's your first oh 
There it is. Haiku now. What's your first of three haikus? Airdrop my motive. Wonders of technology. Free our minds and butts. Josh, your first haiku. Did you know what airdrop? I did not know what airdropping. I didn't either because I don't have an iPhone. But yeah, I looked it up and I. Part of the story is apparently um, people in Japan, specifically as part of the story. Uh, There's a whole thing they've actually given it a name for people who like get within airdrop range of people and send like dick pics. Yeah. Just to other other people's phones. That I guess you have to have. Your airdrop open or something. I don't know. You just have to be in range and you'll... Yeah, they have to be within like 30 feet or something. Yeah. And you and you can send someone, just airdrop them a message. I love it. Yeah. All Technology. Right. Here's my haiku. <laughs> it seems like Japan would have already designed cars with toilet seats. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody was going to. Yeah. David, you're second. If I got that text, I would misunderstand. Poop you too, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Poop right back at you. Use your brakes. <laughs> Josh, haiku two. Passing. As well. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> Start over. Take two. Do it. Passing notes with apps is a smart way to conserve paper for wiping. (laughs) It's true. Mm. That's the whole thing. I know. Okay. I was just lulled into a trance. Mm. Uh, David? What's your third haiku? All right. Too few clean toilets caused 7 million... Oh, shoot. (laughs) Too few (laughs) clean toilets caused 2 million deaths last year. Well, ATLA... <laughs> I see what you did there. <clears throat> you did took your, your you took your misunderstood yeah, lemons and made that's lemonade. What I did. All right. And then I decided seven would be funnier than what I had in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it had an extra syllable. Oh, that's all right. And that's one of those rules. That's actually the only rule. It is the only rule for haiku. Don't improvise. <laughs> Josh. Haiku three of three of six. <laughs> What's your last haiku? <laughs> you ready? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna see all. Well, uh, turn. Jesse's microphone's off. Good. All right, here we go. Even in Japan, one should avoid consuming gas station sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Topical haiku challenge, really quickly, with only two people. Oh, Bob. <laughs> that was worse than silence would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Segment three. We're going to be home in no time, guys. I don't know why I'm touting that as a bonus here. Segment three, versus be versus. It's a segment that I trot out whenever I get to host. Because. Because. Uh, tell us who would win in a fight. Between the following and why, David, you uh, are, you've been tasked with telling us who would win in a fight between the butcher, the baker, oh, wow. and the candlestick maker. All right. So 
you would think the butcher with his meat cutting prowess would have an advantage, but his overconfidence leaves him vulnerable. His high protein diet gives him bulk, but the baker's high carb diet gives him endurance. <laughs> and he can outlast the butcher in an extended fight. However, neither of them took the time to consider the environment they would traditionally be fighting in, a bathtub out to sea. Three men in a tub. So the candlestick maker is by far the thinnest of the three and is used to much more precision in his work. In a tight space, he can quickly outmaneuver and dispose of his well-fed neighbors. Therefore, is the candlestick maker who would win. That is all I have. That's fine. <laughs> I, when it's, I figured when it's, out who the victor was, and I was done. Yeah. When it's that cut and dry, exactly. you're only wasting people's time getting into more detail. Yep. And my, our listeners, all theoretical five of them, don't want their time wasted <laughs> by <laughs> filler. Speaking of wasting time with filler, guess who's next? <laughs> That's all right. I really want to hear your take on this one. Okay. It was actually the first thing I wrote for this show. I enjoyed it that much. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a repeat? No, I mean for this writing oh, prompt for this, for this show. show. I thought you meant for the, the no. show's staff. First, no, no, no. Prompt. In 1974. Yeah. <laughs> Way back. It was black and white then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were late to adopt color. <laughs> color like color podcast. We should have been. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, this was the first uh, prompt that I wrote for the show, and it tickled me, and I thought you would enjoy it. Thank you. Um, so who would win in a fight, Josh and Cade, between Mighty Mouse... Versus the mighty, mighty boss tones. For your consideration, <laughs> here are some facts about the two subjects in question. Mighty Mouse and the mighty, mighty boss tones. <laughs> 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 Even their name is silly. <laughs> yeah, <it's great. laughs> mighty Mouse was a cartoon in the early part of the 20th century that cashed in on the wildly popular superhero craze of po post-war America. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were a cartoonish musical act in the latter part of the 20th century that cashed in on the inexplicably popular ska-punk craze of post-grunge America. Ska-punk craze of post-grunge America. <laughs> say that a second time because I... Anyway. Uh, I knew Mighty Mouse as a teen from watching Jim Carrey mouth the lyrics to the Mighty Mouse theme song and the VHS copy of the movie I had where he plays Andy Kaufman. Mm -hmm. I knew the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones as a teen from the burned copy of the album of theirs I had, which I obtained by trading away my copy of Green Day's Nimrod because Green Day wasn't cool anymore in 1998. <laughs> it was an original copy, too. Wow, that's, that's a great move. It. Mighty Mouse's superpowers include flight, super strength, and invulnerability. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones superpowers include a horn section, hair gel, and cool sunglasses. <laughs> Mighty Mouse was popular in the 50s. The members of Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are in their 50s. <laughs> Mighty Mouse was known for knocking bad guys out. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones got famous per for performing a song about knocking on wood. <laughs> you can edit that one out. Uh, <laughs> Mighty Mouse had a girlfriend named Pearl Pureheart. Mm -hmm. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones original drummer got a girl named Charlene pregnant on the road in 1992 and subsequently left the band to obtain full-time employment prior to them becoming famous. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Mouse's arch nemesis was named Oil Can Harry. 
Mighty Mighty Bostones followed up their one hit with a single called Royal Oil that failed to break the top 20 on the U.S. modern rock charts, leading to the singer to fire the horn section for financial reasons. <laughs> Mighty Mouse's secret identity is mild-mannered Michael Mouse. Mm. The vocalist for the Mighty Mighty Bostones has taken on a secret identity in the Witness Protection Program after seeing a mob hit outside of the 2016 Vans Warped Tour 90s throwback <laughs> tent. Mighty Mouse often sings in an operatic tenor during the show. The vocalist for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones often sings at Tuesday Night Karaoke at a dive bar in an undisclosed location, isolated from his former bandmates and terrified for his life. However, Mighty Mouse is a fake character that somebody made up, while the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones is a real band, even though I made up most of these facts about them to make them sound more, more interesting. <laughs> Conclusion, actual Flash in the Pan band defeats imaginary cartoon mouse. Thank you. Fair enough. Oh, that was very low, so I didn't hear it. Josh Kincaid, Mighty Mighty Boss Jones versus Mighty Mouse. Uh, this show is going perfectly, guys. <laughs> 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 you guys are great. I am hot garbage. Uh, all right. And hold for edit. <laughs> Segment four. Is that the name of the show? Yeah. <laughs> Good. It really should be. Segment four, Department of Tourism. Congratulations. You've been hired as the tourism directors of the following places. Make us want to come and visit or live there. Why not? How about it? Uh, oh, yeah. I got, I, I guess I'd check the news. <laughs> Want to give you guys your your uh, cities today, um, David? Your city that you're trying to get us to come to visit and live, uh, cancel Cultureton. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> so here's my uh, my commercial for cancel Cultureton. <laughs> Slow fade into the Island of Misfit Toys set from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cancel Cultureton. We're unwanted celebrities. <laughs> I called him a slur and the audience booed. <laughs> I made a pass and she claimed, me too. <laughs> they chose to unsubscribe. <laughs> My ads were demonetized. <laughs> Aw, why do these millennials have to cancel us? But Kanye, how do you know they're all millennials? If they were older, this would be called a boycott. They don't, ha they don't have any money to not spend. That's right. And you want to know the real truth? This is all misplaced anger. We really just want to cancel Trump. But we can't. And it's our own damn fault because we didn't cancel him when he was just an idiot on Twitter. So now we don't put up with idiots on Twitter. He hosted Saturday Night Live. And went on Fallon, and Jimmy tussled his weird hair. It was, <laughs> it was very humanizing, and we did nothing. <laughs> we have extreme guilt over his popularity. <laughs> All right, so visit Cancel Culture, and please give us a try. You'll feel superior while the whole world dies. <laughs> Cancel Culture, a place of outrage and fun. <laughs> David Coleman. With the unenviable task of trying to get you to come to Council Culture. Josh Kincaid, you know, equally top of mind. 
<laughs> get us to come visit Jewelopolis. This is not Jewel, the Alaskan not, singer. Not no. the. This is J W L. J W. But but two U's. Two not U's. A yeah. Double, okay. Jewelopolis. There we go. Come one, come all to the kingdom of Jewelopolis. Marvel at our buildings with ultra-modern designs that look like USB sticks. Jewelopolis is designed as the alternative for those of us who have been living in Cigaretopia for too long. <laughs> Mortality rates in Cigaretopia are very high, but so far only a few people have died at Jewelopolis. <laughs> you may think that this is just because Jewelopolis is a new community and hasn't been around long enough to kill people. Well, to that we say, would you rather almost certainly die in Cigaretopia or take your chances here in Julopolis? <laughs> That's what we thought. Do you like juice? We've got the best juice here in Julopolis. Flavors like strawberry watermelon, gummy bears, blueberry cheesecake, rocket popsicle. Sounds like something you'd give your kids, right? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> the government says that Julopolis has to be adult has to be an adults only community. So we're not marketing our town to kids. Wink. <laughs> Did we mention we have a cotton candy flavored juice? Mmm, tasty. Speaking of cotton, the skies of Jewelopolis are always filled with thick white clouds. What are these clouds made of? Who cares? <laughs> it beats the ugly, stinky clouds of Cigaretopia, right? We are required by law in this advertisement to state that Jewelopolis clouds contain a volatile organic compound and the chemical dicetel, which has been linked to serious lung disease. Look. We know the only reason you're living in Cigaretopia for so long is because you're committed to your wife, Nicotina. But, <laughs> but guess what? Nicotina is, Nicotina is more than welcome inside Julopolis. And hey, if you're more into Latinas, Maria Juana is welcome too. We won't tell. So come on down to Julopolis, the smart alternative to Cigaretopia. Once you're here, you'll be hooked. <laughs> Josh Kincaid, Julopolis, Bob's in the bathroom. <laughs> just a solid golf clap for that one. That's solid. Right. They don't want to be heard clapping. No. They don't want to be identified as clapping on the podcast for that one. No. That's bad. They'll get canceled. Culture That's true. <laughs> All right. Really quickly. Show is going to be faster than than the time I spent setting it up. <laughs> We're already in segment five. It's dating profiles of fictional and or non-fictional. It's not a lot of... Not a lot of banter this show. We're just plugging through, guys. You okay sure. with that? Yeah. That's yeah. fine with me. That works. Okay. I got to go to bed, man. Yeah. I got to get up and move Nick Coleman in the morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm a helpful lad. That's cool. That was banter. On to the dating <laughs> profiles of the fictional and or non-fictional. Um, please have composed the dating profiles from the perspective of the following. The other Coleman. David, um, you are giving us a dating profile from a box of assorted donuts. All right, so this is a Tinder profile. Sure. Just for context. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both know you want me. I'm <laughs> I'm not just delicious. I'm also fun to bring when your friends are hanging out. I'm not too fancy. People like me. I don't judge. As long as you're not a health food nut and know the difference between me and a bagel. My favorite pastime is getting baked at four in the morning. <laughs> so if you match with me, please don't ruin the moment with a pickup line, including the phrase cream filled <laughs> or jelly filled or glazed <laughs> or anything related to my box. <laughs> 
And please, for the love of God, don't ask how many holes I come with. <laughs> I've heard it before. It is not charming. <laughs> David Coleman. Dating profile from Box of Assorted Donuts. Josh. Let's put a bullet in this show. <laughs> what, what is the minimum length to legally be considered a stab show? Because I could stretch this thing out if, we, if need be. I mean, really, I think we've hit it. So, Josh, <laughs> dating profile from a background character in a superhero movie. Okay, so I'm new to this whole online dating thing, and I'm, I'm terrible at talking about myself, so here goes. I enjoy long walks on the, wall on <laughs> I enjoy long walks on the beach at sunset. LOL, JK. For, for real, though, I'm, I'm new to the area. I'm super laid back, easygoing, and love to have a good time. Something interesting about me is that I once witnessed the battle between the X-Men and Juggernaut. <laughs> I'm shy at first until you get to know me. INFJ, Pisces. My friends say that my best features are my eyes and my smile. The juggernaut threw Wolverine into a building. I was pretty sure I just watched someone get killed. I work hard and play hard. I love laughing. I'm a normal guy. On a typical Friday night, I like going out to a new bar with my friends or just staying in with a glass of wine and Netflix. I mean, I know Wolverine can recover from things really quick, but Christ, it was the middle of the day on a Tuesday. There were, there were definitely people in that building he got thrown into. Just a genuine guy here seeking a genuine girl. No hookups, please. I was afraid for my life. I, I, I thought that this was how I was going to die. That this is how I was going to die. Five things I can't live without are my iPhone, a toothbrush, oxygen, the internet, and my family. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. Sundays are for brunch. Mmm, coffee. The fight raged on. So much destruction. So much death. I'm fluent in sarcasm. Don't bother reaching out if you don't know the difference between your and your. Trump supporters need not apply. What kind of cruel God allows for people like the Juggernaut and Magneto and Dr. Octopus to cause this much havoc? Does, does God even exist? I'm just looking for my partner in crime. Someone honest, caring, and kind. No games and no drama, please. I mean, the, the X-Men ended up shooting the Juggernaut in a space or something, but... <laughs> But at what cost? My, my city was destroyed. I need someone who knows what they want in life. Great sense of humor is a must. Sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about what I saw that day. Loved ones lost. Life shattered. The world in mourning. I can't see likes, so just say hi. Shoot me a message. Screen name is bystander number four. Thanks. <laughs> Josh Kincaid. Background character. Hey, that was Stab. Hopefully, you have a short commute for this episode. <laughs> Maybe you're walking somewhere. Who knows? <clears throat> Face uh, David Coleman. Yeah. yeah. Josh Kincaid. Yeah. If you want to hear more stabs, well, wherever you're listening to this probably has all the rest of them. So look around. Do the work yourself. 
You can't possibly be listening to the show without listening to it somewhere else that the others exist. Click next or, or back. Just live. Live!